Hello, listener, and welcome back to the Lost in Postulation podcast. I'm Nicola Volpi, and I'm joined by a man known for his pumpkin carving abilities, a man who has jump roped with Lady Gaga herself. It's Neil Fitzpatrick. Well, uh, warm regards, everybody, and uh, glad that those uh, small days were uh, were added to my repertoire of cool things I've done in my life. I think. Uh, those was, was some highlights, actually. Those are some cool, uh, some cool I, things I've done. I'd say so. Yeah. I'd say so. You should be proud of yourself. I'm proud that I postulated my way through them, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I think we we had some good, uh, some good reflections on that. But we press on. We continue postulation. Like postulation is never done. It is merely something one strives towards. Yes, it is a lifestyle. Might one even exactly. one might even say it's a bit like enlightenment. You know, you never get there, but the point is the is to try. Right, know? exactly, yeah. exactly. That's what we're here to do. Yes, and uh, today we have a, a special. Uh, epi- well, they're all special, I guess. But this one's uh, an extra special. Extra special episode lined up for you guys, where we're going to delve into our big bets for 2023 as we wrap up this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we get into that, we wanted to just uh, say a special thank you to uh, to the early love we're getting for yeah. the podcast yeah. which uh which is kind of keeping us going absolutely like the, the cool thing as well is like uh so you, when you release an episode this is all new to me by the way so like when you release an episode you get kind of a spike and then it obviously you know goes down listeners per day but then what's cool is when you release a second episode the first episode also goes up a bit and mm-hmm. similar to, now we've had three episodes and then the first episode keeps growing you know so there seems to be this nice kind of a recruiting effect that each time we release something it seems to kind of bring more people in which is uh which is cool now of course it's early days and uh, let's see how it goes but i think uh great to see that little line moving up the the chart and uh yeah, people are listening so cool and hope hope people are enjoying it and i think still keep the feedback coming you know yeah absolutely and as the prophet jim McVitie would coin that as relentlessly cumulative that absolutely effect. yeah it doesn't go down that's <laughs> no, what cumulative never, means never yeah. does. exactly and uh yeah speaking of that feedback i mean just uh if you uh if you're enjoying what you're hearing feel free to share it with uh with your friends with your family uh, with complete strangers, if you want, uh, and I think we're ready. Uh, spread the word. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's time to ask formally for the listeners' help, right? So, uh, if you like it, and if you know someone who you think would like it, because I, I feel like we are like in a bit of a specific niche. We're not for everybody, and that's okay. But if you know somebody who you're like, oh, uh, that person will totally hate or love, you know, that that particular discussion we had, <laughs> that particular debate, then I think you know, send it on, see what they say. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, if your podcast app allows you to, feel free to to rate and review. Uh, that uh-huh. really also helps to uh, to grow the podcast and for yeah. us to uh, to to get a pulse uh, and uh, and keep building uh, our content to uh, to to what people want as I well. I think that's fair. And I think uh, you know if your review is going to be like one star, two stars. Uh, you know, maybe hold off, you know, like just, <laughs> I'm not saying we only want the five stars, but, uh, we don't ooh. need that energy right now. Exactly. We're trying yeah. to put out good vibes and, um, you know, you're, we don't want people harshing our vibes. So, uh, that's, that's the only reason we don't want the one stars. Cause you know, obviously we want honest feedback, but that would, that would just be a, a step too far. That's a great insight into your leadership style as 100%. well. Man. Don't give me the bad reviews. Only the good reviews. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, uh, yeah, before we uh, we break to start, uh, the way we're going to structure this, we've each done a bit of preparation on uh, our big bets for 2023, structuring them as buys and, and sells, right, now. Mm-hmm. And most of them cannot be bought or sold, just to be clear. These, no, are, exactly. these are hypothetical, <laughs> exactly. postulative uh, buys and sells. Exactly. We're not talking about stocks. We're not talking about futures. We're not talking about Bitcoin. Uh, we're actually talking from a pop culture 
perspective uh, about uh, trying to to lay out the year predicted and uh, and create some accountability for ourselves that we can follow up on uh, throughout 2023. 100%. 100%. Looking forward to it. Good. So we'll break now and then we'll be back with our first big bets of 2023. Right, welcome back. Here we are for our big bets extravaganza for 2023. Uh, Neil, how do you feel? Pretty excited, yeah? I must say. I think this is a this is a fun concept. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, exactly. It better yeah. be. So we're gonna snake draft this uh, a little bit. So uh, Neil is gonna start with a buy. It's gonna swing to me on a sell uh, on a on a cynical note, as I as I like to do. I'm gonna then hold the court for a buy, and then we're gonna alternate exactly. uh, like that. Exactly. All right. So without further ado, I think, uh, so we all, we both went away and had to think about what are the big bets? What are the things we want to see come back or even for the first time, you know, get huge in 2023. And it reminded me first of all of like, or it made me think about what were the recent, you know, big, huge explosions of, of, uh, of content, especially in pop culture. And you'll probably remember towards the end of 2020, a little thing called Squid Game that came out on Netflix, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And this, like, not to overstate it, but that show took the world by storm. And Squid Game, okay, it's not a, an absolute masterpiece. There's a lot wrong with it, I can say. But I loved it. I actually ended up watching it twice. I, I watched it through on my oh, own. Shit. Yeah, yeah. I watched it through on my own. And then I told Yura about it, my girlfriend. And uh, was like, I'd be up for watching it again with you. And, I, and we did all the way through. And uh, I think the reason I liked it is because at that time we were in COVID and everything was kind of boring and home-based. It was just so weird. It was so messed up. And anyone could die at any moment for almost any reason, for any flippant reason, you know, you just didn't know what was going to happen. Let's park that to, for the moment. I'll come back to it. <laughs> Since then, what we have had in the last like two years of blockbuster movies, especially from the big D from, from Disney, right? is this sanitized, watered-down, not-even-horror horror movies, and, like, nothing that even strays beyond the realm of just pure, acceptable, not-scary stuff. Mm-hmm. The, I, I can't remember a scary movie that I've seen. Even It, like, I saw It Part 1 and It Part 2, which was supposed to be, oh, my God, super scary. But the only thing it has going for it is, like, jump scares, which is just, like, you know, the, it gets super quiet and dark, and mm-hmm. then suddenly the character goes, blah, out of yeah. bed, you know, which is... Not horror, really. What about Nope? Did you see Nope? No, I, I probably should because that's probably a good example. Mm-hmm. But my understanding is Nope is more like a psychological kind of dread-filled, mm-hmm. like, and I'm, I'm talking more about like the, those horror movies where you're shook after, where you come out and just being like, whoa, oh my God. Like Halloween was and yeah, uh, yeah, along yeah. those lines. And like, and I'm not, and just to be clear, not talking about Saw or Hostel or any of those kind of gore just for the sake of it movies which i have their place but it's not what i'm what i'm about maybe what i'm harkening back to is when i saw final destination i was like 12 Mm. let's say Mm -hmm. and that scared the bejeebers out of me it was like the scariest thing psychologically in every way that you Mm -hmm. could see as a 12 year old at that time right and anyway all of this to say that i think when squid game came along which isn't necessarily horror but it is still in that in this kind of genre it took everyone by surprise and just glued your eyes to the screen while it was happening because you're like i haven't seen anything like this like Mm -hmm. there's nothing like this even hunger games was like a sanitized version of battle royale Mm -hmm. which which does the same thing as as what squid game does and i think we have an appetite for that now that hasn't been whetted in 2022 or even 2021 now whether that is season two of squid game which i think might come out or i think there just needs to be some movie 
that it's so scary and so horrifying and like messed up and unpredictable and crazy mm -hmm. that we now in our overly sanitized Disney, you know, glow that we're in these days will flock to it in our droves because we're just like, whoa, it's so weird. It's so mm -hmm. messed up. You have to mm -hmm. see it, right? Because that's a bit how Squid Game was sold to me as well. Like I, there was someone in the office who was like, you're going to love this. There's this show on Netflix. It's completely messed up. Like mm -hmm. it's crazy, you know? And I think we're missing that. So my my big bet is, I don't know what it is. I'm, I don't have an overview of like movies to expect in 2023 that are going to tick this box. But I feel like there's going to be a messed up horror movie and everyone's going to absolutely love it and go as if it's like a roller coaster. You know, it's like mm -hmm. tell your friends, you got to go see it. It's going to yeah. be crazy, you know. I wish I knew what it was, but I, I'm confident that there will be one. So your bet is the comeback of, let's say, orthodox horror movies as, as a genre, right? It's like good old fashioned. And all the reviews will say that. They'll be like, what this is, is a scary as hell movie. Mm -hmm. Like it is so freaking scary, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, doesn't, it doesn't reinvent the wheel. In fact, it harkens back to the classic horror movies, right. that, the ones that really scared us back in the day. And uh, I think, yeah, I think who knows where it'll come from or even if it's going to be in English speaking, I think it could be like another Korean runaway success or it could be like Wreck, this Spanish uh, zombie movie mm -hmm, that came out mm -hmm. about 20 years ago. So like uh, it can come from anywhere, but I think yeah. something will capture our imagination and just, yeah, force us down this rabbit hole of scary movies again. This could also be something that kind of uh, quote unquote saves cinema, right? Mm. Everything that's come out in the past couple of years has been uh, heralded as uh, oh tenet is gonna save cinema or whatever yeah. maybe something different bringing back mm. horror after uh, after having been out in the wilderness for a while totally. that could actually enhance the movie going experience and, and bring back new generations to the cinema in fact i think so and yeah. remember parasite let's not forget best picture winner Holy right shit. yeah first foreign film to win best picture and what does it contain some of the goriest violence that you have ever Absolutely. seen in an oscar out of winning nowhere movie. like and no, no spoilers yeah. but like yeah it's like yeah. uh some pretty on the nose uh great film yeah, great film. violence there yeah. right and that's really an exception because usually if i'm feeling a bit more horror-ish or whatever mm. and oftentimes i tend to do this uh, i download them on my phone before a plane ride <laughs> and i watch them on the plane yeah ah. but what i found is they're all films from the 80s at yeah. most the 90s yeah yeah i mean one of my favorites for example uh shining yeah, yeah. with we were, the, the seen, kubrick yeah. jack nicholson yeah, and yeah, yeah. so but I always have to harken back, right? Yeah. Apart from maybe, you know, Get Out from a couple of years ago or this oh, note, which movie. I haven't seen yet. Yeah. Uh, it's It hasn't been... Uh, so it's going to take someone brave to explore the genre. Could be uh, Jordan Peele, it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, could be yeah. Jordan Peele. Uh, I think it is Jordan Peele up to a point. It could also be someone that has resurrected genres in the past. Mm. Your man, Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. As What's he it? did with Kill Bill for exactly. the, you know, kind of martial arts uh, genre and yeah, so yeah. forth. Because well, every time he releases a movie, he's like, I don't know. don't know if I'm going to do another one. Yeah. So, like, I'm just hoping he does something, you know. Yeah. yeah. Loves Once Upon a Time. I'm like, yeah. uh, waiting for He said for 10, time. right? And I think, yeah. I think he's on 9. Okay. But I have so no see. clue what he's working on at the moment. Yeah. Uh, he says he wants to go off and write afterwards. But let's see. Let's see. Could he bring horror back? He easily could yeah. if that's what he chose to do. It's all about like, it's where the mood takes him, you know? It's like, what does he yeah. want to do? That'll be key. But uh, yeah, so that was my, my first buy. So let's Good check bet. in a year from now because I'm pretty sure we'll be able to look back and go, well, there was that yeah, one, you know? Exactly. Yeah. And we can probably already check in, you know, halfway through the year, see where we are going into Absolutely. the summer with this one. And the Yeah, like Good. as soon as it happens, I can uh, <laughs> I can take the vindication and uh, pat myself on the back. Yeah, it means is... we're going to have to head to the cinema and actually vet these out though. That's for you sure. Know? That's, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. 
could be an expensive bet actually sounds good yeah good stuff so that's your first bet for uh, for 2023 you are buying horror films sure am. huge comeback yeah coming in on the ground floor and uh, just gonna watch it rise can't wait fantastic good all right neil my first big bet it's a sell yes of uh, of 2023 uh is the self-combustion of a person um This is a person that uh, has been in the news a lot lately. Uh, it's a person that I am sick and tired of hearing of. Uh, I hope we don't have to mention them too much more in the podcast mm -hmm. uh, in the coming months. I'm so annoyed by this person. More than anything, I am disappointed by them. Mm -hmm. It's a person I had put a lot of, uh, you know, ins inspirational stock mm -hmm. in uh, mm -hmm. in the past for uh, their motives, what they were doing in terms of uh, trying to bring about a better world and whatnot. Mm -hmm. It's a person that has been so consumed by their success and, and driven by their ego that has not only made flawed business decisions lately, uh, but has uh, basically given themselves a license, which nobody should have, to treat people like shit and, and be an asshole. Mm. Uh, and that's going to catch up with this person in, in 2023. Who am I talking about, Neil? Elon. I am talking about Elon Musk. Although a lot of what you said could be applied to several other figures that we'll get into later. But <laughs> we could get into later. Absolutely, I did, I did have a few um, other sidetracks there. But yeah, Elon is. Elon. I mean, and even at the time of recording, it's not looking good for old Elon. But uh, no. interested to hear a lot of the points you mentioned, though, because you, you've had some kind of personal attachment there. Yeah, I think. I mean, he's a loose cannon now, and I think he's really tarnishing his legacy. I, if I go back like ten years ago, uh, he was he was very fascinating. Uh, aside from from his intelligence, right? Uh, but when you would read about him, when you would see him in interviews, when you would see what he was doing, right? So reinvesting the whole fortune he had made through uh, through through the PayPal days, etc., reinvesting it into uh, the future, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. uh, SpaceX, uh, building Tesla, and so on and so forth, uh, and just persevering, being resilient with with so many, you know, shorting mm -hmm. him both financially but also you know in the press whatever mm. uh and uh and, and quite inspiring that he was doing that instead of you know quote unquote get rich quick scheme mm -hmm. or whatever mm -hmm. right um then i think everything started to turn maybe like i think it might have been that summer of 2018 when uh when he faked that the the saudis were uh, were coming in to buy up uh, mm. tesla at the time yeah. to twitter he was uh, censured by the sec and so on and so forth and he started to to just Uh, very much be, let's say, a troll to an extent in, in the public debate and public sphere. Mm -hmm. Also voicing his opinion on, on places which were just a distraction to the business mm -hmm. and uh, to the businesses. Uh, and he started to also, there's always been a cult of personality, but it started to become a toxic one, right? It started to become uh, about how he treats people in the workplace, what he expects And I think most recently with the Twitter acquisition, which let's rem remember, he tried to get out of because he knew it wasn't mm -hmm. sound business, yeah, right? Yeah. And now he's stuck with it. And um, we start to see uh, really, you know, how he uh, how he disregards people and everything. And I think the reason I bet against him is this is someone whose net worth uh, and the success of his companies is very much actually driven by uh, what people think of his sanity in mm, any given moment. Mm. It's a bet on him, on the man, right? Yep. So uh, if we if we start to see that he is very out of touch, for example, with his office policies of, mm. hey, everyone come back to work or you're fired type of stuff, yep. more and more of that, we're actually going to also see a market cap effect mm -hmm. to the point where uh, eventually we're not going to see, uh, let, let alone Elon at uh, as CEO of, of three, four different companies at the same time, mm. 
uh, we're probably going to see him, uh, you know, exiting stage, right? And I think that yeah. uh, that could start to happen in 2023. I think it's it's the year, right? Now, the only the only thing that's like mitigating, right? So you have to think, what could save this guy at this point, right? Like, what, what under what timeline does he come through this unscathed, right? And the only way I see that happening is if from like today, he launches a complete offensive, a charm offensive of like, okay, I'm stepping down as this, this, and this. Tesla's mm-hmm. going to be run by that guy, SpaceX by this guy, you right. know, who are the best in the business. I'm taking a sabbatical of every year to focus on myself and blah, blah, blah. Then I could see it like, no problem. He's back as like a well-adjusted, you know, totally uh, down-to-earth kind of hero again. Um, I just don't see that happening. And I was the same as you actually, that around like 2014, 15 mm-hmm. kind of time, I was looking for, I was in search of, you know, some kind of inspiration out in the world. And when you Google like world's richest man, usually you don't find like, <laughs> you don't find much inspiration there. It's like, okay, yeah. Bill Gates or whatever. Yeah. Warren Buffett, cool. You know, uh, and he wasn't at that time. Right. And he actually was this like SpaceX future driven kind of uh, guy. So I was, I was right there with you, like as, as a guy who inspired me, but there was actually one exact word that he used a bit later on. Mm. And from that day forth, I couldn't take him seriously or respect him ever again. Do you remember the 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 time, I don't I can't remember what year, where the boys were trapped in a cave in Thailand? Thailand, yeah. I think that's then uh, 2019-ish, I want to say. Yeah. So let's say that over the past like five years, Elon has been hearing a lot of his own hype, right? And he's riding his proverbial Tesla up into the stratosphere of mm-hmm. his own ego, right? Where mm-hmm. he's like suddenly yeah. had this really inflated sense of himself. And what happened was uh, he proposed that he would build some kind of a underwater rescue device or something. Some, some yeah. like it was something really like remember that. left field. And some other dude who lives in Thailand and was like a, a trained diver himself, the scuba guys. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. He kind of uh, poo pooed it basically and was like, "Not practical, not going to work." Thanks, Elon. Thanks, but no thanks, you know. And then Elon replied something along the lines of thanks for your input pedo guy to to this uh yeah. to this scuba diver guy and at the time it was like did i miss something or like is it what is going on here did he get hacked like and it turned out no it was just uh he made a an inference that some a man a western man who lives on his own in thailand for many years it's like he makes this kind of assumption about him basically mm-hmm. a trumpian lapse one Extreme, might even say at the but time. like yeah and like surely at that point i should have just known i should have been mm-hmm. like this guy is is bananas like he, he yeah. he's lost it but what we've had now is this kind of gradual real glacial pace of downfall that we get to this point now so i think it's it's beyond saving and i even think that there's probably a lot of forces working against him there's like there's a lot of interests who would like to see tesla fail or spacex fail or mm-hmm. or what have you or mm-hmm. twitter so I think that there won't be any lack of people trying to take him down. Mm. But I do also think that like he's he's making it very easy for them in, in his actions and words. He's basically a right-wing puppet at this point, right? He's mm-hmm. like, uh, look into Hunter Biden's emails, like all this kind of stuff. Like, yeah. I just have no interest. So I, I, I agree with you. And I think... I would be delighted if you were right that uh, yeah. 23 is the year where he just goes away. I think he's, he's bitten off more than he can chew. We see that with with the Twitter. We see actually in the time of recording that uh, that he you saw he he had uh, yeah, you know 17 million people take a poll. I think 53 54 percent want him out. Absolutely. He hasn't commented on it yet. Um, mm. But uh, but that just goes to show the guy the guy is erratic at the moment. He's all over the place uh, and. Uh, and if he clings on too long, it'll be at uh, at his own expense uh, and the expense of you know the thousands of people uh, that have actually stuck around, still uh, still working for him, despite 
what's coming to light of the of the conditions under which they work. It would certainly make it hard for me to think about working for him now and even to buy a Tesla now. I feel like mm. it used to be cool to see a Tesla buzzing around, you know, in town. Mm-hmm. But like I wouldn't I, I don't I wouldn't want to support Tesla right now. Like if that was what I'm supporting. That's, you know? that's exactly the effect we're talking about, right? Yeah. There's this delayed kind of uh, yeah, actual yeah, yeah, yeah business effect uh, that comes back and, and slaps them in the face. So mm. Elon uh well we we wish you all the best if you're listening yeah you have time to course correct i would say it's never even, too late i even laid out a plan for you to course correct elon so just yeah. just follow that and you'll, follow be, that. you'll be fine follow that you can even slow down the podcast to uh 0.8 speed you can go uh, back listen you, again exactly yeah, that's no problem uh, you can have it on repeat uh, however you want elon so yeah that's uh that's the first big sell for 2023 elon musk yeah and i think we're aligned i yeah. think we're aligned exit yeah. stage right yeah, exactly. or stage left whichever one you whichever. want whichever yeah now, I have a buy for you, yes, Neil. You do. Uh, we are going to. I'm going to take you on a little journey here. Oh, yes. I wasn't expecting any journeys. We are going to travel to the north of Africa, to the land of the Atlas Lions, <laughs> Neil, to the yes. land of mint saffron couscous. Oh, with chicken or lamb, you can choose. You can choose. Um, to a land that is going to flex its soft power in 2023. Oh. And it's just going to see a pop culture, an economic boom, a tourism boom, all of it. Neil, we are talking about Morocco. A country. A, a whole country. I am buying, buying Moroccan treasury bonds. Okay, rather than the entire actual country of Morocco. So just the bonds, but still. Well, no. through the amount of treasury bonds I will buy, I hope to obtain a majority stake of in the, the entire country, country because now, yeah. they're going to go for a ride. Rocket ship ride, Morocco. Now, I can kind of guess, if I had to postulate as to why you think that, there's a few <laughs> recent events that have certainly uh, thrust them into the spotlight. Mm-hmm. However, I want to hear your actual pitch yeah. as to why. So yeah. please. Yeah. I will. So we're talking soft power, right? So this yeah. starts probably with what you think for anybody that that tuned into uh, into the recent World Cup, which ended on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Morocco, uh, unexpectedly, as a minnow of, uh, of world football or, or soccer for, for the Americans, became the first African country to reach the semifinal of a World Cup, mm-hmm. uh, finished fourth place. Now, cool, whatever. Now, I'm not betting on the Moroccan national no, no. soccer team to sustain the success necessarily, but I am betting on an effect from that. Right. Mm-hmm. What happens, what we've seen in the past when, uh, you know, uh, we have these big sporting manifestations, of course, the flip side of the coin being sport washing a la mm-hmm. Qatar, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But here we're taking the, the, the other side of the coin. I like it. Uh, we do see an effect where it's simply that country, it peaks, it peaks curiosity in it. It mm-hmm. comes into the consciousness around the world more and more. Mm-hmm. Uh, we saw this when uh, South Korea, for example, mm-hmm. uh, was one of the hosts of the World Cup in 2002. And we've now seen a kind of that uh, emergence of K-pop, of Korean cinema, of more and more interesting Korean culture, tourism boom, uh, and so on and so forth. I'm talking Republic of Korea, South Korea, of course. Mm-hmm. Um over, over the last uh, 20 or so years. So uh, this is something that I could see uh, happening with Morocco, them getting their due. They've already been booming in tourism about the past 15, 20 years steadily. Right. Uh, I That's the most obvious, you know, first impact I can think of, right? Where uh, you, you, you're more likely maybe to, to take a holiday there in the next couple of years rather than, let's say, Egypt or Turkey or, mm-hmm. or whatnot. Mm-hmm. But then also this this cultural boom, a la K-pop, right? Where uh, it is uh, it is a very they have a very rich 
you know, cultural heritage in terms of literature, in terms of film, in terms of music, chubby music. Mm. We'll have to explore that on a, on a future episode. Yeah, I'll have to go listen to yeah. it first, yeah. And the food. Mm. The food. I mean, you're a big uh, couscous uh, with mint and saffron and, and lamb type of guy. I can't say yes to that question, although I could see myself growing. I could see yeah. it growing on me, yeah. i say. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And so I think it, they have everything they need. Now they've gotten the word out there and they're going to start seeing, you know, uh, an effect from that. Now, what mm. enables that, though? What Morocco has, which a lot of other countries uh, wouldn't have had, is they have a massive diaspora. Mm. And that's a that's a support factor, right? A very proud diaspora. So take, for example, in France, you have over a million people of, of Moroccan origin, some mm. of them that actually play on the on the Moroccan national soccer team, right? Mm. Uh, very proud uh, to uh, to be Moroccan, to identify in some cases as both Moroccan and French. You have half a million uh, in the Netherlands, half a million mm. in Italy, which is actually, uh, it's, con- it's considered the most entrepreneurial, statistically uh, immigrant, uh, immigrant group uh, in Italy. So you have already people placed to continue this momentum in terms of pushing Morocco, mm. you know, pushing Moroccan culture uh, and so on uh, and so forth. And I think with that will also come quite a big watershed moment uh, societally in, in Europe, as we've seen also with, with the success of the soccer team, that uh, with these new generations, it is okay that you feel both Dutch and Moroccan mm. and that you can be both. Uh, and that's a big reckoning, uh, a big reckoning that will hopefully also have, you know, positive political implications in, in the sphere in Europe where a lot of these groups have been constantly, you know, disenfranchised and marginalized in elections, uh, crusades against them and so on and so forth. But yes, I am I am betting on Morocco to just... Well, you make a very good case, yes. I must say. Now, I have one reflection linked to this, which is only this. They have to come from somewhere, the tourists, right? Yes. So what, do you have any thoughts on what destination will be dropped in favor of Morocco? So Mm, like, say mm, we mm. have people who go to Paris, the number one tourist destination, Rome, number number two or whatever. Those are going to be popular, let's say. Uh, And like France and Italy in general will probably stay a bit popular. Greece, yeah, of course. Um, Spain, Portugal. So it's that kind of holiday we're talking about. It's like the Southern Europe kind of... Uh, Mediterranean slum, yeah, vibes, if you will. Crete, yeah. uh, all that, all that yeah. kind of bubbled yeah. in. Right? Is that who we need to... Is that who Morocco needs to capture? Or is it actually the culture vulture kind of... Uh, someone who usually does city breaks to, you know, they go to Vienna or they go to Copenhagen even. You know, that, yeah. it, it, who, who do you think is their target market for like this increase in tourism? So a couple thoughts uh, on this. Uh, the advantage of Morocco is you have so much diversity there, right? Uh, mm. Geographically in terms of things to do where it can be, you know, a beach holiday along, you know, the Northeast coast. It can be visiting cities like Casablanca, Marrakesh. It can be going into these Atlas mountains, right? So there's a lot to do there. I think uh, with any tourism boom, uh, what drives it, uh, what tends to premiumize it is the moment Americans start going there, mm. right? Okay. Uh, and so I think uh, it starts to potentially, for some Americans, instead of, because it's equally distant for them, right? Mm-hmm. To Europe. Uh, right. Yeah. Instead of having, you know, uh, that summer going, you know, to uh, revisit uh, the village of your ancestors at the south of Italy again mm. for the 10th time, mm-hmm. that now Morocco is an option, yeah, uh, for example. Gateway uh, to Africa, you could say. The gateway to Africa. North Africa, a place which has been, from a tourism perspective, especially that part of Africa, mm. very much undervalued, right? When yeah. we talk about tourism in Africa, we're talking a lot about going 
down to to the south of Africa to go on on safari and so on and so forth. Maybe mm-hmm. going going up a little to uh, Kilimanjaro in Tanzania. It had been there was a big boom in terms of Egypt at some point. So mm-hmm. I think there's a, there's really a lot of potential for those that are coming from far away to shift from Europe, uh, not fully, but to have this as an option when they're Mm. considering that holiday. Ah, so it's the American market we need to capture. And then I would only hope that if a direct flight gets set up, right, from JFK or from wherever, Mm -hmm. Chicago Mm -hmm. here to Esuera or to to wherever, then we're talking... that's when it really yeah. takes off. Right? Yeah, if they're yeah. not already there, some of them, right? I mean, I yeah, think yeah, it's. Yeah. Uh, uh, so yeah, that's a that's a big bet for me. The Moroccans. It's a long. It's also a long term play, right? So I'm happy to to hold this stock for the next five to uh, to ten oh, years. Okay, cool. So it's like we'll see the takeoff in 23, but then right. it'll be like still a slow right. build, let's say. Yeah. Banking on the success of the World Cup as the catalyst or like yeah. the spark, and now the country itself will kind of right. speak for itself. And that's the tourism aspect. The other area we measure it when we talk mm. about soft power, right? Yeah, is culture, right. How much are we talking about them? You mm. know, is next year at, uh, at at Cannes one of the nominees for the Palme d'Or from Morocco, and we're paying more attention to it than yeah, we would yeah, have yeah. before? Uh, more more of the chabby music neo mm. coming uh, coming about, and so mm. on and so mm. forth. I think that's. Uh, that soft power shouldn't be uh, undervalued either. Uh, you and me living in in Denmark, a country mm. of just five million people, know a lot about that "quote unquote" soft power, oh, right? That, uh, Denmark being very much in the in style and in the consciousness for the past uh, ten years or so. Hundred uh, percent. Yeah. And also being targeted here. I mean, China made certain that we had two of their pandas in our in our zoo here, and that's a huge a, scenes. Another example of soft power. Super boring animal. Panda diplomacy. Them. One of the worst animals. So boring. Top top five worst animal. Just we can. I don't even want to. I, I would bet against it if I didn't already fill up my exactly my yeah. selling slots here. We could do a separate yeah. episode, which is just the animal tier list, you know. Yeah. And I tell you, pandas are going to be pretty low on that list. Yeah. But there we go, Morocco. Yeah, I think Morocco. That's, the, that's the only nation on our buys and sells, I believe. Yes, I think so. So uh, welcome, Morocco, to welcome the welcome, uh, Morocco. To we can only bets. buy one country at a time. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we, right. we're, we're budgetarily a bit yeah. limited. So. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. And it needs to be Morocco. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, do you want to give our listeners a sell, and then maybe we'll take a little break? Following yeah, let's them. do that. So, let's start this next segment by highlighting: I am not a financial advisor, and neither are you, uh, and. Listeners, please do not take anything we're saying here as anything remotely resembling financial advice. To apart be, from the Moroccan treasure from, bonds, go and you get need those. to go all in on Morocco, that's yeah. for sure. And that is financial advice. And you can sue us if it doesn't work out. No, don't. But <laughs> uh, what I'm about to talk about is not something that I'm qualified to talk about. And is coming mainly from a, from a vibes uh, perspective rather than a empirical data-driven uh, perspective, right? So take take let, let's take that as the starting point that this is all postulation and mm-hmm. not like uh, you know empirical data driven uh, science that I'm coming with here. However, uh, for years, over the last like ten years, basically since I started having a full time salary, anyone who knew anything about money was saying you gotta invest in with some of your salary. You need to get your savings and invest it somewhere. Mm-hmm. If you have it, if you have it in your savings account, it's doing nothing for you. You're losing to inflation. Blah blah blah. Right. So over the time, I resisted initially because I was like, eh, like, what do I know? I'm not like an investor. Like, You're I, more under the mattress yeah, type of guy. Yeah. Totally. And I'm like, I'm not going to outsmart the market. Like the, the market knows way better than me. Like I know nothing. I know nothing about anything, basically. 
And I was like, yes, I'm losing to inflation, but I can just keep the money there. And, you know, it's still like, okay, if inflation is two or 3%, then okay, geez, I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. Right? Anyway, eventually I, I came around to this. I was convinced by some, some friends and I, I took the steps, uh, the slightly prohibitive steps here in Denmark to set up like some investments and, and actually go there. And the, the way you do that is through passive investing, right? Now, uh, for, for our listeners who don't know what passive investing is, uh, you're just losing it over here with us. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, go on. Uh, so uh, passive investing, right? So this is like investing for dummies and everyone can do it. And the amazing thing about it is if you got into passive investing any time over the past like 20 years or so, you're sitting very pretty indeed. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you had just put... At least until a short while. Until, like. let's say, the start of this year or start of COVID, let's say more accurately. So you could have over the past 30 years, I think it is to say, to be accurate, put any amount of money on the S&P 500 in an index that tracks the S&P 500 and you would be you would have outperformed almost any like other decision you could have made it's like the best thing you could have done and now i'm going to start throwing some numbers which are approximations so don't you know don't quote me on any of this the volume of trades which were from passive vehicles let's say in in the american stock market at least has risen massively over the past 20 years mm-hmm. from being something around the region of 5% to now representing a huge like 15 or something percent right so passive investing has become this kind of idiot proof thing that everyone is now realizing hey i got to i got to just put some money in the stock market via robinhood or via like any of those uh, retail investment like platforms right but the problem with that is as the volume of passive investing increases it becomes less and less effective because there's less actual market to drive movement. So like the people who are outsmarting passive investing can no longer do so because there's too many passive investors following them on every move that they make, right? So the market becomes less and less efficient the more people get into passive investing. So anyway, COVID comes along and everyone has a bunch of extra money. Number one, because the government has just given it to them. And two, because they're sitting at home all the time. They're not going on holidays. Mm-hmm. They're not going to restaurants, mm-hmm. etc. And we saw the absolute spike that we had immediately after the little COVID dip where it just went absolutely crazy, right? I think we all, anyone who's who was investing in 2020 finished that year like in a, in a very nice green position, Fireworks, right? yeah. And then reality hit and it turned out that you can't just grow infinitely forever, especially not uh, in, a, in a world ravaged by COVID and the knock-on effects and Russia's invasion of, of Ukraine, which has just made things worse, right? And high interest rates now, right? Oh, just like, and it's perfect storm kind of stuff now. And particularly... Like if you're working in consumer goods or anything like that, you're seeing it on multiple fronts, like where energy prices, transport prices, packaging prices, everything is just gone crazy. And I think the outlook is not so good. Again, not a professional myself, but what I can tell you is like, I don't feel super great about any sort of return on passive investing in the next like three years, four years. I think like, of course, you should always invest with a longer term horizon, but you also like want to see some kind of return for your investment, right? So I think... 2020, and by the way, interest rates going up is like the nail in the coffin, right? That as interest rates continue to climb and while inflation continues to run out of control, it's becoming more and more realistic to just say, yeah, keep it in a bank account. Because what do you get then? You get like a guaranteed return of a few percent. Actually, it's getting more and more real now as time goes on. We used to pay negative interest here in Denmark where you would be charged for the privilege of holding your money in a bank, whereas now we're finally earning interest Mm -hmm. on it again. And we're getting to a point now where I'm genuinely just thinking I can make more money not investing. Like, uh, yes, over time, if I dollar cost average now, it'll pay off, whatever. But I also want to have the option of using that money sometime. Anyway, we're not a we're not a financial podcast, right? We're not we're not here to uh, we're not here to tell people what to do. All I'm saying is the the to put it in a bit more like chills uh, verbiage here. 
the days of like free money if you could just take the half an hour to set up uh, a monthly you know buy of of the S&P 500 mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i think those days are sadly over i think that's a good thing i think in general investments should generate value in some way and not just be like riding a train somewhere you know mm-hmm. and i think we all need to kind of take a second look at what is it we do with the these savings of ours and like uh maybe we should just take a more critical lens to the fact that there's no such thing as a free lunch you know like mm-hmm. this was too good to be true it's time to actually look now at like what what are some things my money can actually do that is literally generating value like mm-hmm. that it's actually doing something other mm-hmm. than uh mm-hmm. just following the the leader you know hopefully this makes sense if you know like this was a a postulation that is rooted in a, a lot of you know speculation and yeah. a lot of just you know thinking out loud but uh that's where i'm at anyway so i think sell passive investing i mean i think you uh <laughs> thanks for the economics lesson it, hey, no it took me back actually to the to the lecture hall uh at university i think uh you know we had the option to bring uh to bring mr jay powell on uh as a guest but uh, why would we do that when we have you i mean uh, i feel like uh, i'm just as qualified yeah. not more so yeah, yeah i mean a, a couple thoughts here i mean i think they're especially as now interest rates uh, look like they will slowly start to taper in the next year. Uh, I do agree with you, the whole no free lunches thing, the whole there is no get rich quick mm-hmm. sustainably scheme. Mm-hmm. Um, does that then create an opportunity for those that are not even super active, but mildly active investors that actually, you know, are looking at the fundamentals uh, over the next 10 years of uh, forecasted cash flows uh, for the companies that they're looking into, uh, those ones uh, are still able to to potentially make quite a, quite a killing on those investments. I think what, what we'll see now is that uh, you can't just throw it out there uh, in any company and ride, mm-hmm. for example, the, the tech boom we had before, right? Uh, there's going to be a really clear delineation of who are the pretenders and who are the real companies you, you should actually invest in. So mm-hmm. I think there will still be plenty of very sound investments. They'll be much more concentrated uh, and it won't be so much of uh, of this logic of a get rich quick, uh, play, play the options market type of thing. It'll mm-hmm. be like really do the work do your DCF models, uh, look into these, make sure you understand their core business. And that's a core business that can uh, sustain cash flows for the next 10 to 15 years. Um, so yeah, I'm sorry, but you can't just Robin Hood your way to, uh, uh, to doing this anymore. So I think on, on that point, we agree. Uh, I think there is still the opportunity. So, you know, mm-hmm. Uh, you don't have to uh, put it under the mattress or whatnot, but uh, if you want to uh, make money from from investing in stocks or whatnot, you got to be willing to do the work now more than ever. Uh, exactly. There's a reason uh, people, you know, pay hedge fund managers to uh, to make investments for them. There's a reason people uh, allocate money to uh, the Oracle of Omaha, Warren Buffett, and Charlie Munger, and so forth. Mm-hmm. They are investment professionals, like Neil, uh, in this case. Um, one of my peers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think that 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 is very much shifting. I think that's yeah. that's something we'll uh, we'll be be reading about uh, a lot coming into this uh, into this new year. And I'm just as willing to be proven wrong, you know, like I would love to see a huge boom and a rally next year where the global economy and the global markets start to absolutely fly. Mm-hmm. I just feel like uh, I would be very surprised if that's yeah. the case. Yeah, great. So now actually looking at time, Neil, we've spent uh, we've spent quite a bit on just these these first four bets or so. 
Yeah. Um, we have so, a lot of energy for this time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I would say let's let's kind of split this up into uh, into a second part at this stage, so we can break real quick, and then we can uh, we can come back, and you can update us actually on uh, the conflict resolution flight 100%. from last week. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, we'll come back in the next episode with the rest of our big bets for 2023. Can't wait. And we're back, Neil. Uh, so last week uh, we ended with... Uh, you uh, leaving Singapore Changi Airport uh, on an old configuration of a plane, uh, sandwiched in between Will Smith and Chris Rock for 17 hours and 50 minutes, uh, where you had to resolve the the conflict they've been having over the last year to avoid prison time upon landing uh, in New Jersey. Uh, so, how does it feel? It doesn't feel fantastic, I'm going to be honest. Uh, I, I Thinking back to last episode, I really jumped at this one uh, as, as the one I wanted yeah. to do. And as soon as I started actually thinking about it, I instantly regretted it. Because if you get into uh, the, the specifics of it, which I, I have done, I've now like been a bit of a celebrity gossip pop culture nerd for the last like a uh, couple of days, just getting mm. into it. And uh, my hopes are not super high, let's say. Mm. I also would like to caveat that I'm not going to even attempt to explain or postulate why it is that I'm going to get arrested if I don't solve this. So I don't think there's, I don't think there's like a, a real world scenario where that is the case. But I do think I can postulate as to how I end up in this scenario. Let's say, mm-hmm. and we, we can get into that. Okay. So without further ado, should I just uh, just, just, just take away? over? Tell us. Okay. So genuinely, this is not even. Uh, too far off the beaten track i do want to go to to singapore at some point right great place i think i've never been it looks great i played a lot of geo guesser during covid and <laughs> you can always tell singapore because it's like beautifully uh modern super green tropical foliage clean. uh clean uh their road signs are also very particular so that's a dead mm-hmm. giveaway they drive on the left anyway all that all that all that aside uh, singapore looks great i haven't been there other than virtually and i could see myself being there even in the next year probably. i think you would like it I think I would. I love Japan. So I think it's like not a million miles and obviously very different, but still, you know, a a huge experience for someone like me to to go and see. So let's say I go there for for holiday purposes. And uh, meanwhile, Chris and Will are both there for two unrelated reasons. One Mm -hmm. of them's filming. The other one is doing like a humanitarian uh, something in Southeast Asia. And uh, maybe it's Will who's doing humanitarian stuff and Chris is doing... Okay. uh, he's doing uh some adam sandler movie yeah uh, grown-ups one for, one for yeah. them yeah, yeah not not one of his passion projects let's say <laughs> anyway we are booked to get back to jfk then i'm on some kind of world uh worldwide trip and i'm flying economy by the way just to be clear like me and Europe would have scraped together the, the money i think just you to... were going to new york actually oh new york sorry yeah, yeah, yeah. correct correct and that's because uh you know she's never been to new york we want to you know uh yeah. we want to do that next right uh so we're sitting in the, the departure lounge and uh, there's a little announcement where it's like, can Mr. Fitzpatrick please come to the uh, the desk? We have a, a seating issue. And long story short, I get upgraded, right? They're wow. like, we have a, we have one in first class for you actually. Oh, wow. And if you would like, uh, we we can only offer it to you. We can't offer it to your girlfriend. And we're, we know that's a big uh, inconvenience. <laughs> and I'm just like, no, it's fine. Just, uh, just go. So uh, I, I get upgraded, right? And then uh, they, I've never flown first class, but uh, my understanding is that they board them first and separately and it's all very you know, nicely mm-hmm. done. So anyway, we board first class and I go to sit down and uh, who's sitting to my immediate side? 
but Chris Rock. And I'm like, whoa. It's a cramped first class. Very, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's not, it's not those like cabins, you know, like yeah, where even, it's exactly. like one of those real, yeah. uh, maybe they even make an announcement about that actually, where they say, uh, you know, just due to uh, some of the issues with logistics, we've had to use uh, an older airline for this one. We deeply apologize. We'll do our best to make sure it's comfortable, blah, 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 you know. But it is going to be a 17-hour mm-hmm. flight on an old uh, configuration, right? So uh, I genuinely in this situation would play it very cool so i'm i'm not going to you know be oh my god i'm a huge fan i, I wouldn't even acknowledge that it's him you know i just be like hey sorry i treat him like like anyone else right then i sit down buckle the seatbelts, maybe take out a, a phone game or something and who sits down to my right william smith or will as he prefers <laughs> and i'm just oh like can't believe your eyes i cannot believe this and then i get a little text on my phone being like this is the U.S. government, we need you to resolve this mm-hmm. conflict for the for the good of the U.S. economy. We need you to resolve this conflict before you land. We've also uh, found that you are a suspect in a murder case or something, 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 something. Yeah, you made someone for action, right? Exactly. So the FBI is like, you either fix this or you're going down. Right. Anyway, God, this is a detailed uh, setup. Anyway, so we we take <laughs> off. I'm on. I have my mission now, which is to resolve this conflict between these two gentlemen by the time we land. Seventeen hours. So I did some research on this on this conflict, the slap, right? Uh, and you mentioned actually, in, I think it was the first episode that Will has been on Trevor Noah recently. He did a long interview on Trevor Noah, and yeah. I suffered through the whole thing. Half an hour, right? It was yeah. mostly nonsense and just like total, uh, you know, self-congratulatory. I'm so great. Look at this amazing movie I did. You know? Did you count how many times he says, you know? Someone else did. It was 97. Ah, okay. So, there you go. And I think that speaks to his current mental state, actually. So we'll, we'll come back to that. But in general, I found that interview, like everything else he's done since then, to be kind of um, perfunctory and just kind of uh, going through the motions of what you should do right. when you've done something like this. I do think he regrets it because I would regret it if my career was was tanked over something I did impulsively, but like only to that extent, right? I think probably potentially deep down, he's like, yeah, well, he should have kept his wife's name out of, out of his mouth. You know, mm-hmm. like he, he probably still thinks that. Anyway, uh, my current assessment of the situation, looking at Will and how he's behaving in that uh, interview and everything since is that he's a, a shadow of his former self, right? He's like, uh, yeah. he's lost his confidence completely. He's like saying, you know, every three words, which to me suggests that it, like, you know, is that phrase of like, are you with me? Are you listening? Are you, mm-hmm. is this making sense? Which it's is not insecure. Right? Yeah, it's not no. Will. Like it's not, it's not no. what he's like. So he's not in a good place. And one thing he did say in the, in the Trevor Noah interview is like, you never know where someone is in their head. And that night I was going through something and blah, blah, blah. And I'm willing to, kind of let that slide i'm actually not going to make much of a judgment as to the right or wrong of it all i'm saying is i think it's highly likely that the guy was not in a healthy mental state then and probably still isn't in a right particularly brilliant place right putting that to one side chris chris rock has been weirdly quiet on this yeah. and i think he knows exactly what he's doing and mm. he even he even referenced that recently he was doing a stand-up show, I think, in September of this year, mm-hmm. and somebody from he took he takes questions from the audience a bit like how uh, we saw um, the the lads do it. Dave Chappelle do it here in Copenhagen. Right? Oh, right. Yeah. They do the show and then they kind of take questions from the yeah. audience. So he got he got a question about the slap, as I'm sure he does every every time he does this, and he said something to the effect of, "Guys." You paid for these tickets, but you didn't pay that much. I'm not getting into it here. I'm going to talk to Netflix about that or something like that. He said mm-hmm. it as a joke, but a lot of truth is said in jest. And I actually think he's going to have a documentary at some point, which is like Chris got slapped. You know, everybody slaps okay. Chris. Something, something along those lines. Produced by him. At least in part, like he's going to have a big deal with Netflix where okay. 
they will buy exclusive rights to his take on it, basically. Uh-huh. And uh, he'll talk through it and how deeply it affected him and maybe they get Will on or, you know, oh. whatever, right? Yeah. But I think he knows that this is the side of, what's the phrase? Like, he knows what side his bread is buttered, basically. He's like, I can't go talk about this now because the most way, the way I can make the most money from it is by taking it later, you know? Okay. I do also think though that he's not like massively torn up about it. Like, right. Personally, I think he's like it was a really shit thing that someone did. Oh, sorry, maybe I shouldn't. Uh, we can we can bleep that out. But well, we've already been rated as explicit. Oh yeah, true. Yeah, that's not that's not changing. <laughs> so it was a bad thing that he did, and uh, I do think though that like he's a big boy and like he's probably emotionally far past that at this point, mm-hmm. and he's just kind of biding his time as to when to accept the apology and and whatever. Okay. And that's where I think I'm going to exploit in this in this strategy. So okay. I know this was a long lead-in, but yeah, here, here but we I go. Love it. Insightful. So part one of my strategy is in hours. This is a 17-hour flight, by the way. So let's say the first two hours is pure ice-breaking, where I'm not going to have either guy interact with each other. I'm sure they're aware that, that they're there, but they're not going to talk to each other. Right. So I'm going to keep to myself. I'm going to focus on watching a movie or playing a phone game or something. And if I get a chance when they come with the tea or the coffee... I'm going to just like, you know, do like I would with a stranger. I'll just be like, oh, do you want something? No. Okay, cool. You know, just something like that. Keep it, keep it friendly just to show I'm here to be friendly. I'm not here to, you know, ruffle any feathers, whatever. And uh, if it ever comes to it where they raise it for some reason, if they're like, look at this, what were the chances, you know? I'll be like, oh, guys, don't leave me out of it. You know, I'm not, mm-hmm. I, you know, sorry. I know, I know how it, what it is, but like, you know, let's just try and uh, get through this flight. Right. Right. Here's where it gets uh, here's okay. where it gets interesting, right? Okay, so, so you've, you've broken the ice. I've a bit. broken the ice yeah. and have lowered their guard, right? All so right. they they think that I'm not here to fix anything, right? Right. We wait for the first meal, right? So I guess on a 17 hour flight, there's going to be meal, sleep, meal, landing, something like that, right? Yeah, probably in first class, even three or four meals. Exactly, like exactly, exactly. Yeah. But the meal I find is my opening. That's when people's guards are even more down. You know, okay. they're, they're kind of more receptive to, to interacting and and what have you. So. I'm going to make up that I don't like a particular thing mm-hmm. that has that has come in, right? So let's say we all get served uh, spaghetti bolognese. <laughs> I don't know what. Like, I think at first class it's probably a bit fancier than that, but spaghetti bolognese, right? Okay, yeah. With a with a bit of like yeah, parmesan cheese or whatever. Lovely. In a little packet. Wow. And then packet. yeah, because then it's uh you know it's an airline they they gotta they gotta prepackage these things. <laughs> right. So uh, I'm gonna turn to Will, and I go Will. Uh, do you want this parmesan? I'm actually, I'm not going to say his name. I'm going to say, hey, sorry, do you want this uh, this parmesan? I'm, I'm okay. He's probably going to be like, no, I'm good. I'm like, okay, no worries. And I'm like, uh, Chris, by the way, sorry, do you want uh, just extra parmesan? I don't know if you like parmesan. Okay. And he may take it or he may not, right? But this is this is now me just extending an olive branch, just opening up the door to, to potential dialogue. Parmesan right? diplomacy. Exactly. As, as we as we know, it's very uh, effective. But here's here's where it, it wraps up the gear. We're now like three or four hours in, right? Mm-hmm. We're coming up to the sleep time, but it's going to be movie time pretty soon. And I'm assuming we're doing it now, right? Which is the, what, the 20th of, of December. That's when we're flying. I'm sure there's going to be a Christmas movie on the screen available. And I'm hoping that A Muppet's Christmas Carol is the one that's on it. Now, that's very specific, okay. but you'll see why. Because my whole angle in this is Will Smith is not in a good place mentally. Chris Rock is not necessarily fully aware of the depth of will's you know okay heart yeah. like uh, how much he's suffering basically right and were he aware of that he would you know come to his senses and be like look dude don't worry about it like we're, we go way back it's, it's mm. all fine you know mm. so putting it uh long story short um 
we we put on a Muppets Christmas Carol on my screen, right? I start watching it. Okay. The guys are doing their own thing, but just out of the corner of their eye, they're catching Kermit, they're catching yeah. all the characters, and they're like, oh, you watch? Oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. Anyway, <laughs> I don't know how effective this is going to be. So as the movie goes on, I start to cry, right? And I'm going all in because remember, I'm, I'm going down. Like I, I'm really going down. If we're I like to... five hours into the flight now yeah, or yeah, what? Okay. Exactly. So yeah. we're, we're coming up to sleepy time on the yeah. flight, you know? Uh. So it's, it, everyone's a bit tired. It's probably like 1 a.m., you know, Singapore time. And you're super emotional. I'm super emotional. So I, I start kind of <laughs> like I do my best opera winning, you know, uh-huh. because all I need is one of the guys to go, hey, hey, man, are you okay? And I'll be like, no, it's fine. It's just the... Uh, it's just such a such a sad movie how you know he could be so misunderstood and you know yeah, he, yeah. he acts out he lashes out you know Ebenezer lashes out but it's it's coming from a place of, of sadness you know and from it from a traumatic childhood and yes. lots of other things you know and I don't mind which guy comes because if Will turns to me and goes hey man are you okay he'll be like man I went through something very similar recently don't worry I, I hear you and Chris and, Chris is just going to overhear this right yeah, yeah. Oh, and if Chris turns around and goes hey are you okay I'll be like yeah it's just you know it's so crazy how people wouldn't forgive Ebenezer for so i'm gonna play it whichever way because i think that movie is like the perfect analogy to this situation where we have someone who's acted out badly but has done so because of trauma and a history of things and needs to be forgiven in the spirit of christmas in the spirit of you know so anyway i leave that with them then so we get through that weird uh, movement we all go to sleep right and everyone has their own little sleep and it's fine but then we wake up and that's when I need to start like accelerating things a yeah. bit. So then I just go cards on the table from there. I'm like, guys, look, I'm just going to say it. Like, isn't it, isn't it so ridiculous how this has all worked out that like we're sitting each other, you know, like we're just kind of right, call it, right. get it, get it out there. And then I, I go back to the Christmas Carol thing and I apologize for that. God, I didn't think this would go as long as it did. Sorry. I'm, uh, I mean, I'm, this fully, is, uh, uh, I'm fully in it now. Intriguing. But then I, I bring it back up and I go to Will like, you know, and it, it's kind of like what you had recently, Will, as well, right? And he'd be like, yeah, like totally. I, I, I also, you know, had a really, really tough year and, and I, I did take that out a bit on Chris and da, 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 you know. You know. Yeah. And he'll say, you know, quite a lot. And Chris would be like, mm, you know, I don't leave me alone, guys. Like, I don't want to talk about that. Anyway, more food comes. I do the food trick again. So I, I'm like, uh, hey, does anybody want these carrots? I don't want them. Oh, you no, know. it's carrots. Okay. Yeah, wow. just just trying to, you know, get get more interaction flowing. Yeah. But then in the last hour then, so we get the the announcement being like, we'll be arriving to uh, Newark Airport in, in one hour. Tray table's up. Tray table's up. Everyone's kind of closing up. And then I'm like, you know what, guys? I think... Let's just let's just put this let's just put this aside. Like we're we're all big guys here. Like we we've had a, a really nice evening here. You guys helped me through that that time I was sad or do you want you know? Can we not just put this whole thing aside? You know, and just wow. I, I think it has to feel not significant. It has to feel kind of uh, just kind of cursory. Like yeah yeah whatever we're cool. You know we're fine. You know. Wow. So even a little bit of social pressure for me, it's like this will make me shut up if they can just say yeah man we're fine don't worry. You know it's like I'm the weirdo here and. I need them to feel like just by saying, yeah, 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 then I'll go away, you know, and I'll shut up, you know? So I'm kind of, I'm going all in on just a bit of weird social pressure, a weird, a bit of weird kind of uh, uh, them feeling like they're helping me, that kind of stuff, you know? And then eventually we land, they shake hands. I'm like, guys, it's been a pleasure. Um, Glad we came to a good conclusion and uh, we leave. Wow. I think I walk out a free man of Newark Airport. Wow, this is... uh... This is inspiring. I mean, sorry for my silence on the. No, on literally, my side sorry for my this, extreme uh, long windedness. And no, uh, I'm, uh, I'm inspired. What started as a, a cursory, like, how do you do it? You know, a five minute conversation has turned into, oh, geez, uh, potentially 15 minutes. So deeply apologize to. I think uh, you've created a template here. I think yeah. uh, in light of the holidays, I mm. mean, listeners, uh, take stock. You know, I mean, 
think about uh, where do you have certain conflicts where you might need to call up Neil Fitzpatrick yourself or to get involved and mediate with Parmesan. Parmesan <laughs> mediation is totally an option. Muppet Christmas Carol mediation is also hugely strong because yeah. remember the Muppet Christmas Carol is the best <laughs> visualization you'll ever get of bad behavior being corrected due to revelations and, and wow. like epiphanies. Wow. So if there's anybody in your life that you're like, okay, I don't necessarily understand why they're being an asshole. Just show them a Muppet's Christmas Carol and you watch Muppet's Christmas Carol and you'll start to understand why Ebenezer was acting the way he was. Oh, I'll be all over the place. Charles Dickens. I mean, yeah. yeah, Charles Dickens. And Jim Henson, obviously, and, and yeah. his amazing uh, interpretation. But uh, Wow, wow, wow. There you go. Thank you for that. So you are now in North Jersey. You are a free man. Uh, you might never see Chris and Will again, but they sure might see each other again. That's what, thanks that's to what you. matters. I think they can both bond over the fact that they had to sit next to me for wow. for those 17 hours and they can laugh about it in future and say remember that time we were on a flight and there's that weirdo with the christmas movie like yeah. that's what i'm banking on this is solid gold i love it thank you for that uh you know uh, christmas gift for all of us hey, the, the inspiration the least i can do yeah that's fantastic so i think we're, we're gonna wrap here with yeah. this uh uh extended uh Part one of our uh, of our bets for 2023. Mm. Uh, by the time this goes out, uh, we're, we're going to take advantage to wish you all uh, a Merry Christmas, a Happy Hanukkah, which there's an overlap this year between the two, oh. uh, and then we'll uh, we'll wish you a Happy New Year uh, as we uh, in our in our next part on uh, on our big bets for 2023. Exactly. Back in episode five when we'll get uh, all the way through our, our list. Can't wait. But uh, thanks again. Another great uh, great time, and uh, looking forward to the next one. Thank you, Neil Fitzpatrick. Nicola Volpe. 